0: Have you ever been in a conversation or in a meeting and suddenly someone casually says something that cuts you to the core? You start asking yourself questions like, wait, did he or she just say something shitty or am I imagining this? Did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? It can feel like a trap door opens up beneath you and down you go, your dignity and confidence trailing behind you. Or maybe your stomach turns to liquid, your throat suddenly feels tight or your mouth gets dry. I call these moments psychic attacks, not because I mean psychic in the woo-woo crystal ball fortune telling sense, but because these are attacks on our psyches. But you probably know them as passive aggressive comments, which now has evolved to be called covert aggressive comments or covert aggression, which actually makes more sense. Whatever, call them what you want. They turn our inner world upside down temporarily, causing us to flail around until we find a way to make sense of the situation. We lose access to the present moment and find ourselves mentally replaying the scene over and over looking for clues. What the hell just happened here? Here's the thing. Most psychic attacks aren't shouty or obvious to the outside observer, but to the recipient, they hurtling hell. And because they tend to fly just below the radar... It makes it twice as hard to sort out what the hell is going on in that moment of attack. But today, psychic attacks are not going to fly below the radar. In this week's episode, we are shining a light. We are shining the light of attention and awareness on them. Why? Because psychic attacks rob us of our confidence. And my darling, we shall not stand for it. We are going to illuminate these moments and become more familiar with the terrain so that in the future, you will be able to respond with integrity and a confident, clear mind instead of allowing the attacker to gaslight you into being silent or to bait you into a counterproductive counterattack. And all of that begins with pattern recognition. Psychic attacks seem to happen when people feel threatened. Maybe there's something about your presence, your role, your joy, your ideas, your stamp collection, your haircut, your PhD, your amazing abs, your ability to play the drums, whatever. There's something about you that threatens the attacker's position or their status or their ego or sense of self. And that threat to their position causes them to lob a psychic attack in your general direction. And their goal in lobbing a nasty comment your way is to put you in your place, either equal in misery and insecurity to them or below in misery and security to them. Below them? Below them in misery and security. Nothing makes a psychic attacker more insane than someone who comes across as secure in themselves. And here's the thing. When you really sit with this and consider that the attacker is attacking because they feel threatened, it means they're attacking you because they feel afraid. And whenever I really consider that someone's behavior is driven by fear, it helps me feel a little compassion for them because you know what? I know what that feels like and you want to know what else? Who among us hasn't behaved badly when we feel threatened? We have all been there and we have all been on the attacker side of the equation at one point or another. Don't even. We all have been there. You know it. And by just taking in that moment of compassion It allows me to create some distance between myself and the psychic attack and gives me access to a more generous, thoughtful part of my being. But let's be clear, we are nobody's doormat. So we're not going to just sit in our compassion stew and not take action. That's what the Buddhists call idiot compassion. We are not doing that. But I'm just saying that being mindful of the human condition and the fact that earth school is hard and we sometimes behave badly gives us a little bit of grace before we decide what to do next. So let's talk about that. What do we do next? Let's talk about action. Somebody says something shitty and you take a moment to breathe, ponder the motive and allow them some compassion because fear makes us all behave badly. Great. Now what? There are three go-to moves I keep handy in the back of my mind. You probably are already doing some of these moves subconsciously. So see if you can relate to or identify with which strategies are familiar and which are new to you. So the first one, when I'm ready to take action, is shake it off, but with eyes wide open. Look, when the stakes are low and there's very little consequence to the psychic attack, sometimes it's best to just let it slide. We all have bad days. We all struggle. Here's a perfect example. Many years ago, I was at my daughter's school volunteering for the first time. I pulled into the school parking lot and I pulled out the calendar invite to read, you know, the instructions in this volunteer signup thing. And I'm looking at the instructions. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Anyway, while I was walking across the lot to the office, another mom was walking towards me. And as she passed me, I asked her, hey, sorry to bother you. This is my first time volunteering here. And it says here that I should check in at Grandma Millie's desk. I, I don't know what that means. And the woman looked at me with that like Kardashian neutral expression on her face and said, well, first of all, you shouldn't be parked here. In 10 minutes, this entire lot will be filled with kids and flubber balls. So this parking lot becomes a playground during recess. Second of all, Grandma Millie's desk is just inside, but it's already January. Have you literally not set foot on campus to volunteer all year yet? How do you not know where Grandma Millie's desk is? And at the time, I was like, okay, ouch. You know, I was rattled, not just because she was kind of being a bitch, but I was rattled because I was feeling so ambivalent about working and not focusing on exclusively being with the kids. And this woman was basically giving me shit about not being a good mom. Raven mother, shout out, right? And I simultaneously kind of wanted to curl up in a ball and punch her in the face, but here's the thing. The stakes were so low in that moment Because, I mean, let's be clear. It reminds me of that quote from RuPaul, whose mother gave him this amazing advice. She's like, unless they're going to pay your bills, pay them bitches no mind. In other words, like, this person did not factor into my life in any real meaningful way. She certainly wasn't paying my bills. So I didn't pay her any mind. And because the stakes were that low, I gave her the benefit of the doubt. But after that, I kept my eyes open with her. I wanted to see what kind of game she was running. And it turned out that she's actually a wonderful human being that I think the world of, and I've known her for years now. And I think I just caught her on a bad day. She must've been completely overwhelmed by full-time mom work, which is no freaking joke, let's be clear. And I probably represented someone who had the privilege of unplugging from the kids and home long enough to you know, have a latte and check email. And that's a privilege stay-at-home moms really don't have like we do, us working moms do. And she probably would have just swapped positions with me in a hot second. And my presence and my freedom in her mind were probably working her last nerve. In other words, I just caught her on a bad day. But trust and believe, if she would pulled that shit on me twice, I would have taken a different course of action, which leads me to my second move. The first move is shake it off, but with eyes wide open. But the second move connect and clarify. When the stakes are higher and the person who is lobbing a psychic attack your way actually does mean something to you, to your role, to your position, to your ability to move forward with your life, I love using the connect and clarify move. And here's how it works. You first connect using the script. Let me give you the script. You connect by saying, I know it wasn't your intention, but that's the connect part. And then you clarify what just went down. Here's the second part. So I know it wasn't your intention, connect, but when you said X, it had Y effect on me or it made me feel Y and then stop talking. Okay. So you're connecting by giving them the benefit of the doubt. Hey, I know it wasn't your intention, but you really made me feel like an outsider. You made me feel bad when you said that remark and then stop talking. Let me say something. You're going to hear me say, and stop talking a bunch in this episode. And the reason is that when we communicate in moments of conflict, we talk too much. You talk too much. Remember that Run DMC song? We talk too much. When you're in a moment of tension or conflict, you need to say what needs to be said and then stop talking because you know what you want to do instead? Watch how they react. If they immediately, in this case, apologize and seem genuinely mortified that they've hurt you, then it's really just a case of a human being having a bad day. And we've all been there. And quite often by connecting and clarifying and dialoguing about what went down, you actually end up creating real connection and it can become the basis of real friendship. Seriously. But if they suddenly act like they don't know what you're talking about and of course they would never hurt you because they're your number one fan and suddenly they're so sweet that butter wouldn't melt in their mouth as my mama would say, it means you just alpha them. It means you just check their aggression and they rolled over because their bluff got called. But if they gaslight you and try and talk you out of your reaction by saying what? It was just a joke. Can't you take a joke? Or you're reading too much into it or my least favorite, you're too sensitive. Then we need a follow-up script, okay? Here's my go-to phrase for when someone tells me I can't take a joke. Are you ready? I get that you found it funny, but it made me feel bad. And while I'd love to help you or spend time with you or do whatever, I'm less inclined to if that's your style of humor. And then stop talking. Okay, so let me say that again. I get that you found it funny, but it made me feel bad. And while I'd love to hang with you, I'm less inclined to do so if that's your style of humor, right? Say it five times, knit it into your body, knit it into your body, have this script ready because it comes up more than you think. And this response shows them that there is a consequence to their behavior. I will stop hanging out with you, helping you, being an advocate for you or whatever the thing is, I will stop doing it if that's your sense of humor. Because here's the thing, with people that just get away with telling jokes because it's just a joke, can't you take a joke? It is unchecked aggression. Remember in the Big Lebowski, like we're not going to let this unchecked aggression stand. (laughs) You got to show them that there's consequences and that you are not to be trifled with. Okay? Now, if someone tells me I read too much into it, like, come on, you read too much into that. Of course, that wasn't my intention. I like to say this that may be true and I'm really glad that I misunderstood. So what exactly were you trying to say? And then stop talking. This phrase, this script, that may be true and I'm glad that I misunderstood, but what exactly were you trying to say? This makes them own what they said. They gotta say it out loud. and They gotta own it, they gotta say it out loud. And that's powerful because a lot of these psychic attackers are counting on confusion. They're counting on nuance. They're counting on obfuscation. And by making them own what they said, then they know you are also not to be trifled with and then they have to own their shit, okay? But if someone tells me I'm too sensitive with, oh my God, if I had a dollar for every time I was told I was too sensitive as a child, I would be a very rich woman right now. So when somebody tells me I'm too sensitive, I like this one. That may be true but I'm asking you to respect that sensitivity. Boom, boom. Respect that sensitivity. What that does is it validates like, yeah, you may be right. I may be too sensitive, but I'm asking you to respect that sensitivity. It's like a line in the sand. It's a boundary that allows you to see, are they going to respect my sensitivity? Because I'm not going to apologize for it. And then watch how they respond. You will learn everything you need to know about a person based on how they react to those scripts. So that's connecting and clarifying. And if connecting and clarifying isn't getting you anywhere and their reaction shows you that what you have on your hands is a gaslighter and possible like office narcissist, then you got to run move number three. And that is hit back. Bet you didn't think I was going to say that. But look, we're not idiot compassion people here, right? Sometimes you got to hit back. That is the name of the game with some of these people. Here are some of my favorite options for hitting back when necessary. And the first one is ridiculous. And I stole that from Harry Potter. Remember when Professor Lupin was teaching the kids at Hogwarts about how to handle a Bogart? They had to turn them into something ridiculous and laughable. And that would take away all their power. Remember, Ron used his wand and ridiculous to turn a giant spider into a roller skating spider to make it less scary. And that's basically the essence of this one. Inject some humor, but in a way that signals they have no power over you. And one of my favorite ways to inject humor is to quote Regina George from Mean Girls. Like if somebody disses me or says something shitty and it's like they're talking smack and it's more of a social situation, I probably wouldn't run this at work. But if somebody says something cutting, I'll say to them, oh my God, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> and there's something about that that just cracks me up and quite often cracks them up too. It's a great one to run when somebody's just watching you a little too carefully and talking shit. Oh my God, why are you so obsessed with me? And the tension gets diffused and the power balance gets restored. But once I have countered with ridiculous in some fashion, I do my incantation, let it land, and then I leave. I walk away because here's what, I do not reward bad behavior with my presence. I just don't. And some people may be like, oh, but you're letting them win. No, 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 (laughs) honey, no. Winning is having the gift of my presence. So if I remove myself from the situation, they have lost the gift. (laughs) And your presence is a gift too, my friend. So, you know, I'm just saying, but if you're like in the room where it happens and there's decisions are getting made and you don't want to leave, that's different. But I'm talking about in like lower, sort of lower risk scenarios. Okay. So option B is kind of a, so option A is ridiculous. Option B is kind of taking the concept of connecting and clarifying even further. So let's say someone lobs a psychic attack and they're just being aggressive about it. I like to call a timeout and say, wait, timeout. Are you saying X, question mark, and stop talking? Make them answer. So let me give you an example of this. I was in a meeting one time with a group of people. And someone was very threatened by me at that time. And she accused me of doing something incorrectly and sloppily in front of the group. She said something like, you obviously don't care enough to do it right. Uh, and then otherwise you'd think you're too hot shit to actually do this correctly because you think you're above the law. So I said, hold up, timeout. Are you saying I intentionally neglected to do X, Y, Z because I don't care? or I think I'm above it. I need you to know that I do care. And I had no idea that XYZ was part of the workflow. Now I understand and I will do it correctly next time. And immediately she backed down, apologized, thanked me for kind of owning it and became my biggest fan. I called her on her passive aggression. And from then on, she knew I was not to be fucked with. But I also showed her that I could take the feedback and that I could get better. But that I wasn't gonna let her call it sloppy, and I wasn't gonna let her make it look like I was above the law. And honestly, we've had a great relationship ever since. But if she hadn't reacted that way, if she had said, Well, you suck for not knowing the workflow, you suck for thinking you're above the law, you know, I can deal with that. If I make her own the thing she's pissed about instead of being passive aggressive about it, I can deal with it. I can say, Fair enough. Clearly, I need to learn the workflow. My apologies. But please know this isn't a problem. This is a problem of ignorance, not a problem of laziness. Make people own the thing they're pissy about. Make them own it. Because at least then you can deal with it rationally. And in this case, by making them own it and letting me hear what they're saying... I can clearly parse out what is mine to own so I can fix it while also signaling to them that I will fix it. I am open to feedback, but I am not to be trifled with. Contrast that with how we often respond to these things. We carry them around. We feel bad. And we tell as many people as possible about what happened and how victimized we feel so we can shore up our own victim narrative. And that process can feel very invigorating. You know, it can be invigorating to have people say, oh my God, what a jerk, you deserve better. It's why it's such an addictive sort of habit loop to go into that victim telling everybody what happened mode. But it's actually a very toxic loop. It's a toxic loop, a playing victim, complaining, creating another villain out of somebody else, all the while draining the energy of everyone we speak to, including ourselves. Option three is really the hard no. I consider this the nuclear option when all other options have been exhausted. When somebody is lobbing psychic attacks and we've tried everything and they're still coming for us, the hard no is a come to Jesus conversation that should follow a very simple formula. State what behavior is not acceptable or not working. Make it concise, direct, and simple. Then state what behavior is acceptable to you and what would work. Make it concise, direct, and simple. And that's it. Don't say any more until they've responded. I think we way over talk our problems and our objections with people. We need to state it, make it clear, ask for what it is that we need or that we're not getting, and then listen. And, you know, here's the thing. I think most of us over talk these things because we haven't prepared adequately. If you got to have a come to Jesus, no conversation, get your shit together. Figure out how to articulate the problem and articulate the solution before you go have the conversation, right? I feel like people prepare for hard conversations by like affirmations, like I'm good enough, I'm strong enough and people like me. And look, I love a good affirmation, but that's the final step. There's a whole lot of prep that goes before that, which is what do I object to and what am I asking for? Get that shit locked down before you have a come to Jesus. And whichever way the conversation goes, document it. Email yourself, email your manager, email HR, describe what your scripts were, what you asked for and what happened. And depending on, you know, the hierarchy and where you fit in there. What happens next is going to tell you a lot about what you need to know and what you need to do next. If it's so bad that a psychic attacker at work is lobbing attacks at you, even after you've taken all of these steps, something needs to be done about it. And if you're wondering, what those somethings are and what those moves are, please head to my YouTube channel and check out my videos on gaslighting and narcissists at work. There's a lot I could say about that, but it's a whole other podcast episode. So here's the bottom line though, and I really want you to hear me on this. Psychic attacks from energy drainers and trash talkers and shit disturbers should be the exception, not the rule in your life. If you find yourself in a toxic environment where covert aggression or passive aggression or psychic attacks are the norm, you really need to think about that. You need to think about why you're staying. This kind of behavior takes a toll, physical, emotional, and mental, and it's been normalized to a certain extent in a lot of company cultures and social circles, and even sometimes marriages. In fact, it's funny, I can't even bring myself to watch any of the Desperate Housewives, not Desperate Housewives, what do you call them? Real Housewives? Yeah, Andy Cohen shows. I can't watch any of those Andy Cohen shows because all I see are psychic attacks and covert and overt aggression. And I wonder why in the flipping flaps would anyone ever hang out With psychic attackers, like, like, why would why would you choose to be in these dynamics? And I get it that they're on TV and they make money, but like they're in enough money worth it, in my opinion. For that matter, why would anyone want to work in a place that operates that way? There's this bombshell of a research report in MIT Sloan Management Review called Toxic Work Cultures Are Driving the Great Resignation. And one of the findings was this: quote, a toxic corporate culture is 10.4 times more powerful than compensation in predicting a company's attrition rate compared with this industry, end quote. And while people might have tolerated toxic behavior at work in the before times, they sure as hell aren't tolerating it anymore. So while of course, a lot of us are finding our good elsewhere, and leaving toxic environments, we can also use our tools and our words to call out toxic behavior when we see it using the scripts I've offered today. Not in a crazy dramatic way, but by using the strategies I've just laid out. Because the more we normalize decency, directness, boundary upholding, and taking zero shit, but in a kind, compassionate way, the more likely we are to change the culture from the inside. Is that maybe a little idealistic? Probably. But here's what I know for sure. No environment is perfect. Whenever two or more humans are gathered, shenanigans are bound to occur. Shenanigans are always afoot with humans. So rather than flee every time there's an infraction, we do have an opportunity to really connect, to ask for what we need, to educate each other, Right? Have good boundaries, have compassion, and take no shit. As always, thank you for your presence and your time and shine on my friend. We need your light. Hey, if you're still with me and you haven't already, hit subscribe so you can get my latest episodes delivered hot off the press. And feel free to share this with someone who could use a little inspiration. If you're looking to go further on this journey as a communicator, head over to bronwyncommunications.com forward slash subscribe. And on Monday mornings, you will receive a communication tip to work with for the week. And on Saturday mornings, you'll receive a short little email with three things I am listening to or reading or digging right now. Also find me on my new YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash this is Bronwyn, B-R-O-N-W-Y-N, where I drop new content every Thursday covering strategies for getting more confident during moments of conflict. And speaking of conflict, if you're dealing with a tough client or work situation and you need better skills for managing difficult conversations, check out my new online course called the No Enemy Client Conversation. And that is noenemy.bronwencommunications.com. That's noenemy.bronwencommunications.com. As always, you can find me on Instagram at BronwynSF, where I offer a lot of behind the scenes insights into how I make all this content and run my business for those coaches and solopreneurs who need a little inspo. And lastly, if your company organization needs a high voltage keynote speaker, who knows how to melt faces and blow minds virtually or in real life, I'm your gal. Shoot me a note, let's make some magic happen. That's Bronwyn at BronwynCommunications.com. Take care and shine on.